0: In fact, Jesus rebuked some religious leaders in the Bible and said, Oh, yeah, you got all kinds of words to say and fancy prayers and whatever, and it doesn't mean squat. Have a form godliness and hide the power thereof. He goes on to call them whitewashed tomb, brood of vipers, all kinds of stuff. Somehow I know him and I get along just fine when we we'll get to heaven. The greatest things you can say is, Thank you, Jesus. I once was lost, now I'm found. The Bible says we have all gone astray. It says no one is righteous, no not one. It says we are born in sin, shaped in iniquity. But thanks be to God for His marvelous grace. Dad reached down, come on, and picked us up. At the right moment, the Bible said while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. What are we about to do here right now? One of my favorite things. Receive the representation the body and the blood of our Savior but it's very simply saying thank you Jesus it's very simply a reminder thank you Jesus thank you for your body thank you for your blood and it's Father we receive everything Jesus paid for we receive it by faith the Bible says for by grace you have been saved through faith they work hand in hand So Father, in Jesus' mighty name, I thank you for the body of Jesus that was given for us. The Bible says, by his stripes, we were healed. I thank you, Father, that he was, the Bible says, beaten beyond human recognition, but he did it for you and I. That publicly, he took the beating physically on his body. And we look back to the cross, and we're so thankful for everything Jesus did. He died. He was buried. He rose again. But i tell you what I'm looking forward in faith to. Because faith not only looks backward, it looks forward too, And I'm looking forward to that soon coming day. That my soon coming king is going to split those eastern skies wide open. And the Bible says he's not coming back like a babe in a manger. No, 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 no. My soon coming king, the Bible says he has fire in his eyes. And a sword in his hand. Riding a white charger. And it inscribed on his leg says, King of kings and Lord of lords. And the Bible says, if I mention that very name, every knee will bow. And every tongue will confess. And Jesus arose from the grave and he said, I, even I am he. Who has conquered death and conquered hell and conquered the grave. And I hold the keys keys so father we're here to say thank you for giving the body of jesus and we partake of this representation together tonight the bible says in the same manner he took the cup blessed it said this cup is a new covenant in my blood do this in remembrance of me for as often as you eat this bread, drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes again. So, Father, we thank you for the blood of Jesus that was given for us. We thank you that great is your faithfulness, God. That while we were yet sinners is when you died for us, God. The Bible says when we were faithless, you remained faithful. God, that on our worst days you love us and on our best days you love us, God, and no matter what the Bible says, neither height nor depth, nor angels, nor principalities, nor things past, nor things to come. There's nothing that can ever separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. So, Father, we receive the love of God. We give you the remainder of this service, and we partake together and say, we proclaim your death until you come again. You may partake. Come on, say thank you, thank you, Jesus. Come on, say thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Go ahead. Yeah. Come on, somebody give God a hand of praise, hallelujah. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord, amen, give this team a big hand and everybody who serves here at Thrive, I am so grateful to God for everybody that helps, serve here, gives here, contributes, calls Thrive their church, Amen. amen. We couldn't do it without you, I said we couldn't do it without you. That's why it's so important to get to God's house. Oh, didn't think too many there. I said, That's why it's important to get to God's house. You add value to God's house. I said, You add value to God's house. Amen. You add value to the kingdom of God, but what good is a soldier who doesn't show up? Oh, boy. I said, What good is a soldier who doesn't show up? They're not, they're worthless. Amen. But for the people who show up, smile on their face, come on, say, I've come with faith and expectation, believing something good is going to happen. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. I'll tell you this, and I'm going to get to the Word of God. God stirred in my spirit when we first started Thrive, that I wanted to do something on the regular, and that was this. I wanted to bring the body of Christ together. At that point, the body was pretty much uh, me and Carolyn. Amen. (laughs) Bring the family together. Amen. On a regular basis. And do almost like, I don't have a, a better term for it, so call it almost like a dinner church. Where we'd come together and meet, have dinner, and worship together. That way people could get to know each other a little bit better. Amen. Fellowship together, but then also worship. And so we've done that a few times here. We've transformed this room and put tables in, put on dinners, things of that nature. But as I was praying about it the other day, the Lord reminded me of it. And The Lord said to me, what are you waiting for? (laughs) So we're going to do one later this month, amen? And we're going to call it Thrive Open Table. table. (laughs) There's a couple of different names floating around. I like Thrive and Dine myself. They told me I sound like a 50s diner. <laughs> Fine by me. Come on. Thrive and dine. I had somebody else want to call it Say Amen Nights. I said, we're going to save that one for another event. Amen. Amen. So Thrive Open Table, we're going to call this. It'll be on a Friday evening, August the 25th at 6.30 p.m. You just come up here because at this point.
1: Um, So, uh, yes, it's going to be really fun. Again, uh, last Friday of the month, uh, the 25th, and you can sign up by scanning the QR code in your program or there's sign-up sheets out in the lobby. And can I do one more announcement since I'm up here? (laughs) All (laughs) right. Well, since I'm up here, I might as well take up more time here. Uh, So we are having, uh, there's the Big Daddy Weave Heaven Comes changes everything. Heaven changes everything. Um, (laughs) I couldn't remember the name. But uh, um, there's a concert down at our Peckville campus that is um, on September 23rd. It's a Saturday night. Um, So if you're interested in that, we have tickets here as well for that. They're only $25 if you buy them through us, but you can also get them online and get the extra special meet, greet, whatever else they call it. Um, But yeah, that's going to be at our Peckville campus on Uh, September 23rd, and that's going to be, again, $25 tickets if you want to grab those after service. It's a great time to invite people um, to come out, see a great concert, and worship together. So that's all I have.
0: Please, please do us a favor, though. If you're going to attend on the 25th, please sign up so we know how much food to get. And if you don't, I pray you lose the elasticity in your shorts. Amen. (laughs) In some public setting. Amen. No, I'm teasing. I'm teasing. But if you would sign up, And then watch this. Invite people to come. I don't mind paying for dinner for guests either. I, whatever it takes to get people in God's house and hear the preaching of God's word. Amen. And I'll tell you this. We're going to eat. We'll worship. I'll preach. Amen. By the grace of God. And it'll just be a great night together. But it's something I wanted to do for a long time. And like I said, we've done a couple of them. And then when I was in Buffalo... Last week, with Brother Ted. We're sitting in the trailer out back, and and I I said to him, I said, no, I've shared this with you before. I said, but I, I need to get on the stick with this thing. Because the problem is you get so busy, unless you schedule stuff, it doesn't happen. Anybody else like that? Oh, glad I'm not alone. And he said to me, you probably don't know this. He said, but Smith Wigglesworth, that's how he started his work in England. He said the Lord spoke to him to do the same thing. I said, well, if he did it, it's good enough for me. Amen. So Friday, August 25th. It'll be wonderful. Amen. And then we'll still be here on the Sunday night, whatever Sunday night is following that. 27th. Yeah, (laughs) 27th. Let's get to the word of God. Amen. We're overdue. Matthew chapter 22. Matthew 22 and verse 34. Reads like this. But when the Pharisees... Heard that, he had silenced the Sadducees. So the Pharisees are a religious group of leaders. The Sadducees are a religious group of leaders. And Jesus shut them all up. Not Too many shouts there. I said, Jesus shut them all up. And let me help you. The same demon of religious spirits that we deal with on the earth today was also dealt with in Jesus' day. And Jesus had no problem rebuking them. Amen. Amen. Because here's the thing, you could never have authority over his spirit that you allow yourself to still play with or you co-mingle with. Well, I know it's a really, but I'm just going to let it slide. No, it'll only get worse. you got to rebuke a thing. I see you've got to rebuke a thing. When Jesus was sleeping on the boat because he told him to go to the other side, it says this, what? The devil was in the wind. But God was in the sea. Oh, man. And what did Jesus do? He got up and rebuked a thing. Yes. Sometimes you gotta rebuke a thing. Yes. I say you have to rebuke a thing. Yes. Let me help you. In your own life, words people have spoken over you, you've got to rebuke a thing. Yes. You don't have to go on Facebook and tell them off, who cares? You just say, Lord, I cancel that curse over my life. Yes. Yes. I've had to do that a lot. Yes. Believe me, I've had to do that a lot. Lord, I don't receive that word. That lady, somebody gonna give you fifty thousand dollars. Lord, I received that one, but next time with a check. Amen. I'll tease it. But you need to learn how that when a curse is spoken, or maybe you've spoken it yourself over your life, not even realizing it. Say, Father, forgive me for that. I cancel that. Watch this. I help you. I cancel that thing, and I cast it to the ground, never to rear its ugly head again. Oh, I'm helping you now. You don't even realize it. Well, I'm going to die. of This runs in my family. No, Father, forgive me for talking like an idiot. It did run in my family until I got washed in the blood of Jesus, then it ran out. Yeah. So, Father, I cancel that thing I spoke and I speak the word of God over my life. Yeah. What did Jesus do when he was tempted in the, in the wilderness? He kept saying, Answering the devil. Oh, devil, you're so strong. No. He said, It is written. It is written. It is written. Spoke the word of God. Amen. But when the Pharisees heard that he had silenced the Sadducees, they gathered together, like all religious devils do when they don't like what you do. We're going to get a coup. (laughs) They get their religious spirits together and they split churches wide open. They try and destroy the minister, try and destroy the ministry, try and destroy their family, whatever they can. That's a religious devil. I said, That's a religious devil. You need to know what you're up against. I see you know what you're up against. Well, they just called me and told me, no, tell them shut up. Yeah. Tell them you ever call me again be the last call you make. Yeah. Well, are you threatening me? No, but I don't want to hear the nonsense you're spewing. Amen. Did you talk to somebody to their face? Then I don't want to hear it. it doesn't involve me. I got People know I hate gossip with a, oh, man. You know why? Because God hates it. Read about it in the book of Proverbs. He said, six things I hate. Wait a minute. No, there's seven. That's what he said. Not all at once. So they gathered together. And one of them, a lawyer. Go figure. Oh, Jesus, sorry. Watch this. They asked him a question to test him. You know why? Because that's exactly the same spirit. how it op- Oh, man. How it operates today. They don't like something you said. They don't like something you do. What they really don't like is the blessing of God on your life. Amen. Let me help you here a minute. They get jealous. They get whatever it might be, and the, what the Bible calls in Hebrews a, a root of bitterness gets on the inside of them. Yeah. Hear me. So what do they do? Oh, we're just gonna have a small group over our house and try and tear somebody or something down. And then they say, well, "Wait a minute. We're gonna catch. Oh. We're gonna catch them in a trap." But I don't sound like God. No. I sound like the devil. Yes. The thief comes to steal, yes. to kill, yes. to destroy. Yes. Well, wait a minute here. This is religion. Oh boy. <laughs> These are the pastors of this day. The religious people. i no shout shot down all at once. You want to see revival? It starts with the house of God. Amen. Oh man. Purifying the house of God first. Oh, God, change our nation. No, God, change our churches. That'll change our nation. No, it starts right here. Right here. And just like to set the record straight, we don't have like any major problem or anything like that. I preach this stuff because I know what I'm preaching against. I also know what I declare determines my future. So if I take a strong stand on stuff like this, and I preach you the whole counsel of God's word, amen? Number one, I'm at peace with God. But number two, it keeps it from there being any strife. Oh, man. I said it keeps it from being any strife. You know why? Because people know I take a bold stance on what God's word says, and I don't put up with any malarkey. That's the nicest way I know how to say it, amen? Ain't no fruit flies here. John Wayne, Amen? I told Brother Copeland one time in America, you know what, just always, when I was a kid, you're like John Wayne, except you're a preacher, amen? And remember back in the day, they were doing those Covenant Rider movies and all that. There's something to be said about taking a strong stand for the Word of God and what the Word of God says. Come on. But when they heard, uh, the Pharisees heard that he had silenced the Sadducees, they gathered together, and one of them, a lawyer, Asked him a question to test him. Teacher, what is the greatest commandment in the law? Now, let me help you. In the Old Testament, in the law, there was about 619 different commandments. So, that's kind of a vague question. You remember 619 rules? Come on, some of you can't even follow the rule of driving the speed limit. <laughs> Not me. Some of you guys, amen. Come on, think about this. 619 of them. And he's trying to catch him up and says, teacher. You know he's being a a wise guy calling him teacher, by the way. Come on, picture this in your head. Religious people, they got a coup against Jesus. We're going to catch him in a trap. We're going to expose him. They got all this nonsense going on. Watch this. And now they come to him and approach him. Oh, teacher. You snake. Come on. Picture this in your mind. I'm a visionary guy. They're a bunch of snakes. Oh, teacher, you lie, you fry. Yeah. Their motives weren't pure. Come on, we talked last week, and when you get before God, he purifies your motives. You do things with a right heart, a right spirit. That's why David said, renew in me a right heart. Renew a right spirit with me. The, you can always see the motive. Come on. I'm not so interested in the man. What's the motive behind the man? What is the why behind? Oh, I'm bringing this back around now. What is the why The why, come on, we don't want to talk about so much what's the what or the how. What is the why behind this? And the why is, the truth is, these religious people had wrong motives. Teacher, which is the great commandment in the law? And he said to him, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the great and first commandment. And a second is like it. You shall love your neighbor. Huh? God, I live next to Cousin Eddie. God, I just want to love him from a distance. Amen. That's why I want to go back to the country so bad. Amen. Can't see a neighbor on either. No, I'm teasing. This is the great and first commandment. And the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. Uh Oh, we're going to get there. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments depend all the law and the prophets. All 619 depend on this. All the prophets, the word of God depends on this. Love God with everything and love your neighbor as yourself. Number one tonight, God cares more about relationship than religious duties. Oh, we're going to buck the system tonight. God cares more about relationship than religious duties. Let me help you. On your best day, you could never measure up. Uh Uh-oh. I said on your best day, you could never measure up. It's not like, well, they had a good day. I like them today. No, God doesn't care so much about the religious duties as he does about the relationship that you have with him and with others. I'll take that amen from the Harley. <laughs> Psalm 51, 16 and 17 says this, you do not desire a sacrifice or I would offer one. You do not want a burnt offering, although I like a steak, medium rare, amen. The sacrifice you desire is a broken spirit. You will not reject a broken and repentant heart. Oh God. Oh man. But God, look at us. We gave. God, we served. We did it. No, no, no. Wait a minute. That's all well and fine, but you don't earn God's favor with that. God says, I've loved them with an everlasting love. Hear me. We don't operate out of religious duty, we give out of love for God. We serve out of love for God. We help one another out of love for God. Don't get your wires crossed. Hear me, Pharisee, Sadducee, Baptist, Catholic, Assembly, whatever you want to be, amen? What I'm telling you is this, don't get your wires crossed. God's more into relationship than he is religious duty. But he says right this, you don't desire a sacrifice or I'd give you one. This is David. You don't want a burnt offering or I'd do that too. The sacrifice you desire is a broken spirit. You will not reject a broken and repentant heart. Oh, God, let me tell you, there's no forgiveness without repentance. There's no such thing as reconciliation without repentance. Let me just help you. Well, we just pretend like it didn't happen. That's all well and fine, but you can't have true forgiveness without repentance. There's no such thing as true forgiveness without repentance. And the problem is we've created a culture within the church, around the world, whatever it might be, that you don't need to repent anymore. Oh, boy. Let me tell you something. God's going to pour out a revival in this nation. I'm telling you, the last greatest revival, I, I believe, before he comes back. We you know what it will be? A revival of repentance. Every great revival, you know what it was marked by? Repentance. Jesus himself said, repent of your sins. The apostle, when he got filled with the Holy Ghost, what did he get up to say? Repent of your sins and be baptized. You must repent. There's no forgiveness without repentance. God says, no, no, I will not reject somebody who comes to me and says, God, I I realize I blew it. You got to remember, we're talking about David here, who was the greatest king next to Jesus who ever lived. But he's also a murderer, an adulterer, a fornicator, a prophet, a priest, a king. And God says, no, no, he was a man after my own heart. No, he's a man who knew how to repent to God and said, God, I blew it, man. I screwed this thing up. God, I need you to create a clean heart in me. Oh, God, I realize you don't care so much about what I'm doing or how I'm doing it. But it's the why. It's the why I'm doing it. Why do I get up and do what I do every day? Why do you get up and do what you do? Why do you give? Why do you serve? Why do you come to God's house? What is the why behind? What's the motive behind what you do? Then Jesus said to the crowds, this is Matthew 23 now, verse 1. Then Jesus said to the crowds and to the disciples, the teachers of religious law and the Pharisees are the official interpreters of the law of Moses. So practice and obey whatever they tell you. Wait a minute. But don't follow their example. (laughs) There's so much right there. But don't fall there. What? You know why? (laughs) It wasn't about love for God and love for others. So wait a minute, wait. God's word cannot return to him void. Say amen. It says in Isaiah, it must accomplish that which is his purpose for it to do. So what you mean, Jesus says, no, no, they're the official teachers of this thing. It's not so much what they're teaching is wrong. It's their example. Oh man, it's that they don't practice what they, pr- oh baby, come on. They're telling you not to gossip, but they're in the back room. Yeah. They're telling you, oh, live holy, do all this and whatever. And the truth is, they're starting a coup cool, and they're trying to kill me. This is Jesus, not me. So practice and obey whatever they tell you, but don't follow their example, for they don't practice what they teach. They crush people with unbearable religious demands and never lift a finger to ease the burden. Ho, 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 ho. Does it sound like mainline dominant? Oh, baby, I'm a buck all of religious spirits. It sounds like one that's predominant. I'll say, in this country, they make all kinds of religious demands and then tell people we don't want you reading the Bible. Make all kinds of religious demands that they themselves ain't keeping. Can I give you one? I'm a ruin myself on Fridays. Don't eat meat on Friday. It's in the Bible. Lie, you fry. <laughs> Do the research. You know why they stopped eating meat on Fridays? There was a pope who owned three fish markets, and sales weren't very good. Do the research for yourself. And we still have all these people, Heath. I can't eat meat on Fridays. Why? I'm more of a rise, Peter, kill and eat. You know what I like about the no-eat-meat-on-Fridays, truthfully? The steakhouse is empty. I said to Rick and Lou, come on, you want to go down to the steakhouse? That Brazilian uh, rodízio there where they keep bringing the steak, cutting it on your plate. Let them all be Catholic in Jesus' name. No, Jesus. Now, think about this, though. This is Jesus dealing with this in Matthew 23. They crush people with unbearable religious demands and never lift a finger to ease the burden. Everything they do is for show. Is this the Bible or is it not? Making sense to you? On their arms, they wear extra-wide prayer boxes with scripture verses inside, and they wear robes with extra-long tassels. You won't ever see me wearing any of that. You know why? Because I'm a man. Amen. No confusion over here. And they love to sit at the head table at banquets and in the seats of honor in their synagogues. They love to receive respectful greetings as they walk in the marketplaces and to be called rabbi. Number two, we are now under grace. We're now under grace. Oh, ma'am, I hit this for a minute. Say, we're now under grace. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Look at how Galatians says this in the message translation, verse 11. The obvious impossibility of carrying out such a moral program should make it plain that no one can sustain a relationship with God that way. The person who lives in right relationship with God does it by embracing what God arranges for him. Oh, that's shouting ground. Come on. Doing things for God is the opposite of entering into what God does for you. Getting quiet now. You know why? It's all the bad religion you've been taught for all these years. Should you do things for God? Yes, but hear me. You don't do them thinking that somehow that God's going to like you, that God's going to love me more because I did something for him. You do things out of love for God because God loved you. Because God, you go, wait a minute, God, I want to serve you because you love me. I want to give because you love me. I want to be in your house, God, because I love you and you love me. And we're in this relationship thing, God. I've talked to you about it before. It's not just a casual thing, young folk. I ain't that old. It's not just a transactional thing. That's what the religious people that day were doing. It was all about transaction. No, this is all about relationship with God. This is all about, hear me, for God so loved the world. This is all about the Son of Man came to seek and save that which was lost. It's about winning souls to Jesus. Hear me. Why do we do what we do? Why does Thrive exist? Really? Really? You know, I hear a lot of nice things about the church, and I love hearing good things about the church. Better than hearing bad things. Amen? Say amen. But I tell you this, if all they ever said was, yeah, those people love God and they love other people, that would be enough. I'd consider that the win. I I said i consider that the win. Because the truth is, you could get so busy doing stuff that God's not even in the stuff. Thank you. The programs, the system, this, this, this. And the church is God's not even in a thing. It's become so mechanical. And I'll tell you because I've preached all over this country. This country has turned into a lot of churches I've been to. It's like conveyor belt Christianity. Oh, come on. I, I, come over here because these folks know. It's like conveyor belt Christianity. It's like the pump and dump. You know what I'm saying? So, right. Right. No, no, doing things for God is the opposite of entering into what God does for you. He's not saying it's wrong to do things for God, but when the motive is wrong, hear me. When the motive's turned into, in America, buildings, bucks, and butts, you've lost your why. I don't care if I'm the last preacher preaching this stuff. You've lost your why. When all you care about is you and the self of you and it's all about you. It's not about you. It's all about Him. Him. It's all about what he's called you to do. It's not about you anymore. Come on, say amen. That's why the apostle said, It's no longer I who live, but Christ that lives in me. Oh, look at me, look at me, look at me. We're sick of looking at you. We're sick of looking at your filtered pictures. We know you're real life. You don't look like that. There ain't enough makeup. Never mind. Come on. Habakkuk had it right. Prophet in the Old Testament. The person who believes God is, set right by God, and that's the real life. Amen. Habakkuk had it right. The person who believes God is set right by God, Amen. and that's the real life. Yes. Rule keeping does not naturally evolve into living by faith. Oh, i get fired. They didn't hire me, they can't fire me. Amen. <laughs> this is the word of God. I know it bucks against everything that's on the inside, especially you people that are, like, licentious to the max. Amen? But the truth is, rule-keeping does not naturally evolve into living by faith, but only uh, perpetuates itself in more and more rule-keeping, a fact observed in Scripture. Am I telling you go out and do whatever you want? No. But I'm telling you, make sure we're coming to God's house with the right motives. Make sure we're, we're saying, God, I'm giving to you because I love you, not because it's a transactional thing. God, I'm helping people because it's out of my love, you know, that I've loved you so much, God, but your love is overflowing out of me to help other people to do what's right. Come on. we got the motives to be pure. You know why? Because God doesn't move where the motives aren't right. Oh. The one who does these things, rule-keeping, continues to live by them. Christ redeemed us from that self-defeating, cursed life by absorbing it completely into himself. No wonder people don't like the message. Do you remember that the scripture says that cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree? That is what happened when Jesus was nailed to the cross. He became a curse and at the same time dissolved the curse. And now because of that, the air is cleared, and we can see that Abraham's blessing, come on somebody, is present and now available for the non-Jews too. We're all able to receive God's life, his spirit, and in and with us by believing just the way Abraham received it. The Bible says Abraham was justified by believing God, that it was counted unto him as righteousness, his faith in believing That God was who he said he was. That God would do what he said he was going to do. Not look at what I'm doing, it's look at why I'm doing it. I'm doing it because I love God and I love other people. Jesus didn't do things, oh, just look at me, look at me. No, no, he did it to glorify the Father. He did to let people know there's a God in heaven who really loves you. And he wants to bless your life. That God is a good God. Come on, somebody. (laughs) Number three tonight, idols kill. Idols kill. I know it seems like it's overly simplistic, but the gospel is simple. And I hate to say it, but a lot of places the gospel doesn't get preached anymore. There's all kinds of nonsense that goes on, but the gospel isn't preached. Bad religion gets preached. People come in and just dump guilt on them. No, God's not into condemning people. Oh, where's that in the Bible? John 3.16, for God's to love the world. He gave his only begotten Son, who is there believe in him, shall not perish, but ever last night. What does the next verse say? For a Son of Man did not come to condemn the world, but to save it. Oh, huh? Romans 8, 1. There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. We need the gospel again. I said we need the gospel again. What's an idol? An idol is anything or anyone. Anything or anyone. That takes the place of God in your life. Oh, baby. But I love them. (laughs) Next week, they're loving on somebody else. Amen. (laughs) Or three somebody else's. Amen. (laughs) Come on, young people. I see it all the time. Honest to God. Young people coming to church, serving God. And next thing you know, their eyes go from God to one another. And in nature it takes its course. Look at should people get together? Yes, but hear me. You got to keep God at the center, center of your relationships, the center of what you do. Because if God's at the center of it, things don't fail. When God's at the center of it, hear me. The blessing of God is upon it. When God, oh come on. An idol is anything or anyone that takes the place of God in your life. Psalm ninety seven. Verse 7 in the Passion says it like this Shame covers all who boast in other gods, for they worship idols. Shame covers all who boast in other gods, for they worship idols. We sing a song. Jehovah, you are the most high. You are the most high God, and there is none like you. I said, There is none like you. There is one God. Hear me whose name is Jehovah. And the only way to heaven is through the shed blood of Jesus Christ. But the truth is, there's people that set up gods in their life, idols in their life, and don't even realize it. Well, Brother, I, I like to come to church, but I have a business. No, you serve a business, not God. I, I like to come to church, but I get up for work in the morning. Me too, at three. I still come here. You know why? Because it's all about God. It's not about work. Let me help you. You'll work your whole life away, and then you'll die. And then guess what? The day you die, you're going to be hiring somebody else for that job you worked your life. Oh, man. I'm not telling you not to work. I believe you should work, and God will bless the work of your hands, but let me help you. Don't let work become the God in your life. And the problem is people allow money. The truth is it's money is the God, but that's a whole different story. They start serving money, and the next thing you know, they're not in church. They're not spending time with their kid. And the kids are growing up. Stuff's happening. And they're too busy chasing paper. And the truth is, then you die. And they say a few nice things at your funeral for 30 minutes, and they go eat potato salad. (laughs) Think about it. And you serve money your whole life and never serve God. And then you draw your final breath. And the Bible says to be absent from the body is present with the Lord. And then what happens is, the Bible says, once you die, then the judgment. You draw your final breath and you stand before God. And your whole life sums up to either, well done, thy good and faithful servant, or depart from me, I never knew you. And there's all kinds of people who are relig- oh, man. religious, that I stand before God and he's going to say, depart from me, I never knew you. Well, Jesus, we did X, Y, Z in your name. Oh, you didn't love me and you didn't love others. You served money. You're into all kinds of crazy stuff. You're real religious, but you didn't have the love of love of God in here. Shame covers all who boast in other gods, for they worship idols. For all the supernatural powers once worshipped the true and living God. Whoa, wait a minute here. What's it talking about? Let me help you. All the angels in heaven at one time all worshipped God. Can I go a little deeper? And then Satan, the Bible says, tried to be like God. You realize Satan was the worship leader in heaven? You realize that, right? And he got his sorry tail kicked out of heaven with a third of the angels. Wait a minute. I know I'm throwing a lot at you and teaching you a lot tonight, and so it's kind of like swallowing a fire hydrant. But You ever hit one of them things? I haven't, but I've seen other people. Amen. There's some people, Ron. I'd like to turn it on on them. Amen. Oh, no, it says right here, hear me. That for all the supernatural powers once worshipped God, the true and living God. Let me help you. That's why there's so much nonsense going on in the world, like New Age. That's not of God. It's demonic. Oh, don't shot me down all at once. Well, what do you mean, Pastor? No, no, no. It's a counterfeit. Of God and the Holy Spirit. I know. There's a lot of it right in this town I'm preaching in. That's why I'm specifically hitting on it. It's nonsense. It'll drag you to hell. No, it will. There's one true living God. Hear me. And he alone gets the worship. He alone gets the glory. Anything <laughs> else? Are you telling me I was stretching last week so I'm going to hell? No. No. I'm not. But I'm telling you, all this other nonsense that people set up, it's a counterfeit. For all the supernatural powers once worshipped the true and living God. But God's Zion people are content. For they know and hear the truth. The people of praise rejoice over all your judgments, O Lord. For you are the King God, the Most High God over all the earth. You are exalted above every supernatural power. Look, at there was something that broke out years ago, and I knew it was not of God from the get-go. I had all kinds of people. Are you going to go down there? Are you going to be a part of this thing? No, I knew it wasn't of God. Next thing you know, they're into worshiping angels. It's demonic. Well, it's a revival. It's a move of God. Why? Because you're waving flags and blowing horns. Somebody said me the other day, we're having a revival. They're blowing ram's, rams horns and waving flags. I said, yeah. Whatever that is, I don't want that. Amen. I promise you, when you come here, there'll never be a basket of flags in the back that we hand out to people on the way in to wave around. There'll never be ramps, horns to blow, while Brother Grant's singing, so you can make the rest of us deaf. Oh, you're mocking! No, let me tell you something. You want to worship the Lord like that? Do it in your own home. Don't do it here, because I don't like that stuff. You know why? It's a distraction. See, I told you I get up in the religious. What? no no, no no, it's a distraction. Anything that takes our eyes off Jesus is a distraction and has no place. You don't blow a ram's horn? No. <laughs> I blowed a horn on my steering wheel. That's about it, Amen? <laughs> <laughs> it's revival. Why? Because everybody had tights on? They're blowing horns and waving flags i of over, never mind, I better not, I will. Emotionally distressed people. <laughs> like, no, I want the word of God. Not the word of the ram's horn or the flag, like. When I want to see a flag, it'll be on the back of my boat, amen. And I'll let your mind wander to what it might say. The people of praise rejoice over all your judgments, O Lord, for you are the most high, the most high God over all the earth. You are exalted above every supernatural power. Listen, you lovers of God, hate evil, for God can keep you from wrong and protect you from the power of wickedness. When an idol has taken God's place in your life, it limits your ability to hear God clearly. I'll say it again. When an idol has taken God's place in your life, it limits your ability to hear God clearly. I've told you before, if the devil can't defeat you, he distracts you. Idols will distract you from the things of God. I say they'll distract you from the things of God. That's why you hear, those of you that come here regularly, that's why you hear me say. Anything that happens here that's good, God alone gets all the glory for it. I don't take any glory. I don't believe in God sharing his glory. It all belongs to him. And believe it or not, you could pray to God just as quiet in your spirit as you can blow on a horn. Burr. Oh, now they're, I understand that. <laughs> they have flags and tights. You guys are laughing because you know it's true. Some of you are going to go home and throw your flags out. Amen. No, <laughs> I'll Do us a favor. Throw the tights out with it. Amen. (laughs) Tell me I'm wrong. I know I'm not. Number four tonight. Only God can take care of your heart. Only God can take care of your heart. Culture says follow your heart. Uh Uh-oh. The gospel teaches us to give God our heart. Culture says follow your heart. The gospel teaches us to give God our heart. You know, I see all kinds of things on social media that like drive me. And it's not from unsafe people, it's Christian people. Oh, you just got to trust your heart, bro. What? Let me answer that from Jeremiah in just a minute. Well, I, I read one the other day. Somebody put on there. Of course, you know, everybody's an expert, thanks to social media, on everything. You can't demand things when you pray and da da da, whatever. I thought to myself, and the people liking it, going crazy on it. Why don't you read the Bible? Why don't you read the original, what it translates to? Whatsoever things you demand. Read it for yourself. Study it. We've got people, oh, this is so religious. No, it's not. It's the opposite. And you're accepting it as if it's like, Great sound doctrine. In fact, it's just the opposite of sound doctrine. And then you wonder why your prayers aren't answered. You're not adhering to sound doctrine. Read it for yourself in John 14 and in John 16. And then again, John 20. And what the original actually says. Getting quiet now. You can't demand things of God. No, I'm demanding every stronghold comes down. I put angels on assignment. And demand that sickness and disease goes right back to hell where it came from. Let me help you. Jesus said, whatsoever things you bind on earth. How do you bind something without the? Oh, it's just so. No, it's not. It's not sound doctrine. It doesn't line up with the word of God. Just because they put it on Facebook doesn't make it the gospel. Headline news. The Bible said in 2 Timothy chapter 3. I don't even know why I'm going down this, but I feel it. In the last days, people wouldn't adhere to sound doctrine. They'd be carried away by every wind of doctrine that comes their way. And the same people, I don't know why God doesn't handle me. I don't know why God doesn't answer my prayer. You don't even know what his word says pertaining to it. Well, you just got to follow your heart. Don't follow your heart. Let's see what Jeremiah says. Jeremiah seventeen nine. The heart is deceitful above all things. He said, follow your heart. No, you don't. You need to follow God's heart. Amen. Oh, just trust your heart. Don't trust your heart. Let me, let me tell you this. The alarm clock goes off tomorrow morning. You go, well, God, I don't know if I'm going to go to work today or not. I'm just going to trust my heart. <laughs> You'll still be laying there next Monday morning. <laughs> but, right, but only, only in Christianity. Oh, we just need to, brother, just trust your heart. No, trust the word of God. Amen. Trust what God has to say. Trust in the Lord with all your And lean not on your own. Oh, man, that would about defuse half the bombs right there. Uh, just trust your heart, brother. You trust your heart. You're going to end up in a ditch. Number five, and lastly, worship team, you can come back. I'm getting up in your grill enough tonight. A little medicine for you. It's the type of stuff that will help you. I said it will help you. Get rid of that bad religion. Come on. Get rid of that bad company. I can't deny. Amen. Get rid of all that nonsense. Hear me. And say, God, I need to trust you. I need help to love you and love other people, God. Without your Holy Spirit helping me every day with that, I can never do it well, I'm just going to trust my heart today if uh, I should brush my teeth. (laughs) No, brush your teeth. You not trust your heart on a shower, deodorant, any of the above, amen? (laughs) If nonetheless, for me, amen. Somebody said to me one time, Is a friend of mine who preached here not that long ago and happens to be a bishop in Florida, so you do the math. He said to me, you always smell nice. I see you getting strange on me. He said, no. He said, whenever you walk in a room, I can smell your cologne. I said, Bishop, let me let you in on a secret. I have wisdom beyond my years. He said, what do you mean? I said, Bishop, you know why I do that? Because not everybody got that memo. I said, so when I'm praying for people or I'm around people or whatever it might be, you know what I smell? My cologne." I minister in third world countries. You wouldn't believe the amount of cologne I wear. (laughs) You think I'm kidding. That is the gospel truth. I know it's real spiritual. Some people need to hear it. I told somebody yesterday, I said, you need to take a bath. With a straight face. I did. I wasn't being rude. I was being truthful. I'm serious. I, I said, brother, I said, you need to take a bath. Do I smell like that? I said, you do. <laughs> That's rude. No, it's not. Because I really love somebody, I'm going to tell them the truth. <laughs> no, it wasn't Rick. Amen. it's oh, <laughs> <geez. laughs> <laughs> You're the cleanest man you ever met. <laughs> Takes like three showers a day. You single ladies, you ought to see his house. He got the cleanest house. Oh, man. He quit, he quit by noon on me yesterday. I go home to take a shower. I said, you just took one four hours ago. <laughs> take one when you get home. Amen. Number five, God wants you to experience his relentless love. God wants you to experience his relentless love. Come on. And he said to him, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the great and first commandment, and the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. Let me tell you this you'll never love people until you learn how to love yourself. You'll never love people until you learn how to love yourself. I'm not talking about a prideful thing. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about until you're confident in who God called you to be. Amen. That you're fearfully and wonderfully made. Come on. That everything's made beautiful in its time. Some a little longer than others. Amen. No. Hear me. You'll never be able to love other people properly. And only in America do we have this whole self-image nonsense going on and the truth is we got an identity crisis which is apparently getting worse as the days go on it's a whole different discussion last I knew we were up to about 76 genders so I'm told still only two where I come from I don't know where the rest of y'all come from but when I was in school you knew the difference we knew what bathroom to use. you know what I mean you don't know Look down. <laughs> Check the plumbing. <laughs> Is or it isn't. You wouldn't think you'd have to say something so ridiculous nowadays, but you do. Think about this. I identify, no. You know what I identify as? A child of the most high God. I have people tell me, you're not my cup of tea. I don't want to (laughs) be. You're different. Thank you. It's a compliment. I'm very confident in who God made me to be. I don't need anybody's approval. I don't need their clap. I don't, well, my dad doesn't like me. I don't need any of that nonsense. I realize when you have the approval of heaven, hear me, that the applause of man doesn't count for anything. I love you enough to tell you the truth. Am I glad to come to a life-giving church the week of the county fair and there's all kinds of people here and clapping, excited, and worshiping God? Yes. But that's not why I come here. I come here to encounter the one true living God. I come here because I love God. And I'm crazy enough to believe that if we love people enough, we love each other one enough, that God will show up And that God will spill over and touch other people's lives and help other people. And your story what you share with other people can encourage people. Hear me. How you were once lost and God set you free. How you were once bankrupt and God gave you a business. How you were once blind and you can now see. Come on somebody. But you'll never love people until you learn to love yourself. Last scripture. Ephesians chapter 4. Verse 31 says... Get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, harsh words, and slander. Mind you, he wasn't writing this to unbelievers. Oh, boy. Thanks, Pastor. (laughs) This was a letter to the church. Come on. At Ephesus. And he says, let me remind you all something. You got to get rid of bitterness. Get rid of rage. Anger. But they did me wrong. I'm not negating they didn't do you wrong. But you got to let it go. Come on, I preached a couple weeks ago. You got to let it go to produce. You got to let it go. There's all kinds of folk done me wrong. Whatever. It's between them and God. All kinds of people in the name of religion, Marcia, have done me wrong. Try to destroy me, destroy my family, destroy my marriage, my business. You take up. I don't focus on any of that. I keep focusing on God. I keep focusing on what God called me to do. I don't really care who's got anything to say. You know why? Because I'm not living for their applause or their approval. But I tell you what what I have to do every day, and so does everybody here. I say, God, forgive them. For they know not what they do. Do I like it? No, and neither do you. Put the apostle here, says, get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, harsh words, and slander. As well as all other types of evil behavior. Instead, be kind to each other. Tender hearted. Forgiving one another. Let me help you something, if there was never anything done wrong, you wouldn't have to forgive. I'll take that one Holy Ghost grunt over there. Forgiving one another. Just as God, through Christ, has forgiven you. This is an overly simplistic message that needs to be preached in the pulpits again. I said it needs to be preached in the pulpits again. I am so sick of seeing the devil at work in the lives of believers. In the name of religion. There's been wars throughout history in the name of religion. Come on, think about this. This is a holy war. There ain't nothing holy about it. Come on. And the wonderful men and women of this country who protect our freedom have sacrificed their lives. In the name of what? I mean, really. Think about this. because of bad religion. Ooh, getting quiet now. Think about it. I'll say the last war this country was in. What was at the root of it? Bad religion. (laughs) I wish I had the time. Bad religion. People believing that they're doing something in the name of Allah. Some of your lights are coming on. And our precious men and women losing their lives while the devil was having a field day in the name of religion. The only fight I I have left in me anymore is fighting against the devil. And fight, trust me, I I don't fight with idiots. I don't. People try to say whatever, I don't argue with them, I could care less. They're wrong. It's what it is. Good care I just keep doing what God called me to do. We well, you know what they said? No, and I don't care if I ever hear from them again. But I want to hear what God has to say. Amen. I care about what heaven has to say. I care about how God is speaking to me to lead my family and lead this church and lead us into our future. Amen. Let me help you. As long as you're hearing what everybody else has to say, you'll never be able to clearly hear what God's trying to speak to you. And instead of possessing the promised land, you'll die in the wilderness. (laughs) I felt that. Instead of possessing the promised land, you'll die in the wilderness. Not everybody makes it to heaven. But you know who does? The people that have called on the name of Jesus. The people that say, God, I realize I need to repent. The only thing that matters is love for you and love for one another. Think about it. People that leave church, well, you didn't shake my hand. And now you don't even go to church. Boy, the devil's like, that was shooting fish in a barrel. <laughs> right, Lars? <laughs> I mean, think about it. I left that chair. Ain't nobody friendly. No, the Bible says you want friends, be friendly yourself. That's Proverbs. There ain't no love there. Have you looked in the mirror lately? You're like the English bulldog, a face only a mother can love. Amen. It's amazing what you could do if you turn that frown upside down and walk in and say, God, I've struggled with this before, but God, help me to love other people. Help me to add value to your house. Oh. Help me to get back to the why I go to church. Is it for other people or is it for God? Oh, man. Why I serve. Why we're going to do this. Thrive round table, open table nights. Thrive and dine. Amen. <laughs> because we need to cultivate a culture of love for God and love for one another. I'm a flawed man. I'm not perfect. I'll never be perfect till I get to heaven. So if you're looking for a perfect church and a perfect pastor, you got the wrong place. I deal with stuff just like you do. I put my pants on one leg at a time like everybody else. Come on. Do I work hard? Do I have business with Yes. And I will till Jesus comes. Or till I go by the way of the grave, but I think he'll come first. Just speculation. But I'll tell you this. I will do my best day in and day out by the grace of God to love him and love other people. And I would encourage you to, by the grace of God, to love God with everything. And love other people. Life is too short to be at odds with people. Life's too short to be caught up in nonsense. What's the point? Really? I preach way too many funerals. It's not worth it. Just let it go. They hurt you, yes, whatever. But you gotta forgive. This life is all about forgiveness from God. And forgiveness for others. I'll leave you alone with this. Jesus said, how can you expect your Father in Heaven to forgive you if you can't forgive people you do see? I was driving up here tonight. I drove myself. (laughs) Don't be clapping. Demas needed a steak sandwich, so he went over to the fair first. I drove my truck, amen. Carolyn said, we take the car. I said, no, if I'm driving, I'm driving my truck. Blow all the black smoke I want on the way up there, amen. (laughs) I was driving up here, meditating on this stuff. Kids are singing in the back, windows down, enjoying summer, amen, which could last forever, it'd be okay with me. And the Lord brought somebody to my heart. I said, oh, God, help me forgive that person. Just like that. You ever been there before? God, I never realized I hold anything against them. But if there is, I forgive them. Do I like them? No. Do I love them from a distance? Yeah, a very good distance. But hear me. I don't want anything between me and God. I don't want there to be anybody or anything in this church, hear me, that would hinder what God's doing. And let me ask you to ask yourself this question. God, think about this. Would you want to be the one that hinders his work? Because I never do. It's a real probing question. I see people today, even all over social media, look what I did for... This religious work, that religious work, whatever. You know what, Marsha, the truth is? They call themselves ministers. They're spreading lies, causing trouble, stirring people up, trying to split churches. Oh, but look, we did this today in the name of Jesus. We did whatever. You're going to stand before God one day, and I hope you repent before then. Because I'm telling you, you might be a minister You'll split hell wide open. The kingdom of God is not about what you eat or what you drink. That's Corinthians. about loving God loving one another I know I preached this a couple weeks ago but I'll tell you this don't let the devil use the spirit of offense in your life I heard Bill Johnson say this week and I'll close with this he said you know the problem with the spirit of offense is it causes you to hear things that were never said and it causes you to believe things that were never done and the devil does a masterful job at playing on people's minds and on people's hearts and get them to believe things were said that were never said. Yeah. Believe things that were done were never done. It's called the spirit of offense. I preached a couple weeks ago. Why do I teach and preach the tough stuff like this? So you know how to stand against every attack of the enemy. So above all else, I, I want you to do well. I really do. I want to see your family blessed. I love seeing people coming in They go from the crack house to the penthouse. I mean that. You know why? I love seeing the change that God does in people's lives. But it only comes by being right with God and loving one another. Every head bowed, every eye closed. Maybe you don't know my Jesus. Twofold. Because I can feel it in my spirit. There's people in the room. You're holding unforgiveness against other people. It's time to let it go. What it's been like in your life, and I won't embarrass you, but I'll tell you this: It's been like the heavens have been brassed over, over your life. Like even if you try to pray, it goes nowhere. You try to reach your Bible, it goes nowhere, and the devil just keeps having a field day with you. It's because the bait of offense, spirit of offense, has taken root in your heart. It's time to let it go. It's time tonight to repent to God and say, God, create in me a clean heart. Renew a right spirit within me. Say this with me. Say, dear Jesus, tonight, I ask you to forgive me. Help me, Lord, to forgive others. Say, Father, let your love shine bright in me. But bright through me as well. Give me a new love for you and for other people. In Jesus' name. Amen. A couple of things, and I'll turn you loose. Welcome to the family of God. Amen. But I'll tell you this couple things. Number one, go to church. My buddy Wayne, I'm sure he's watching. used to tell everybody every week, go to church. He still messages me almost every day. Go to church. I said, Wayne, I do go to church. You go to church. Amen. (laughs) Hannah, bless his heart. So go to church. Hear me. It doesn't have to be this church. If it's not, make sure It's a church that teaches all the gospel. They believe it from Genesis to the maps. Amen? With that being said, I know a wonderful church at 1112 Church Street that would love you, have you as part of the family. Amen? Go to church number one. Number two, pray every day. Prayer is simply, thank you, Jesus. Have that attitude of gratitude. You could do it anywhere. Come on. Nowadays, you could pop them things in your ears. Nobody even knows what's going on. I told Carol, that's why I like being in Europe so much. Tim, I walk around speaking in tongues. They don't have any idea. Everybody's speaking a different language. (laughs) Anyway, the way things keep going, never mind. It'll be like that here too. Amen. Pray every day. Go to church. Number three, read the Bible. If you don't have a Bible, we will gladly give you one free of charge. There's never a charge for the gospel. If you need one, that good looking guy named Demas back there is right by the Thrive sign, who hopefully got his steak sandwich before church. <laughs> I hope it was worth it. Amen. Right behind him, we'd love to give you a Bible. God is doing something great. Yes. While I was preaching, Brother Kingsley tried to call me, so I'll call him back after service, amen? And his family, they've experienced an unbelievable revival in Uganda. And he's been having me preach and put me on television over there, free of charge, amen? And they've just been seeing miracles get poured out left and right. And I am grateful what God is doing, Amen. And turning places around. Hallelujah. It's the first Sunday of the month. So we're going to give a missions offering. And I tell you this. I don't make any apologies for it. You took two offerings tonight. No, first Sunday every month. If you don't like it, don't come. We receive a missions offering. We just started doing that earlier this year. Because we take this and literally send it to missionaries all over the place. And help advance the gospel. Amen? If you don't want to give in it, don't. There's no pressure. Amen. We're not going to blackball you or black mark you. Look at the message I just preached. So it's proof that, you know, oh, they didn't give anything. They're dead to me. No. We'll love you just the same. Amen. I said, Amen. amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Just about done. Man, look at all the things we jammed in one service. I told you, Grant, we'd get it done. Amen.
1: We still aren't out yet, though,
0: (laughs) Keyword is yet. Amen. Amen. (laughs) I'm going to call you when I wake up for work tomorrow. Amen. (laughs) Oh, Lord, have mercy a humbling church. (laughs) Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. That thing's on Friday. Lift your hand just a second. Father, in Jesus' mighty name, I thank you, Lord, for this Friday, for your favor to be upon Brother Aaron and on his business, that you'll bless him abundantly. It's been a honestly, a true joy to watch how God has taken a hobby for you turned into a business and how God's blessing it. It gets me excited every time I preach. Hallelujah. In fact, do this for me. Everybody who has a business in this place, lift your hand. Good Lord, lift them up. Don't worry, we're not going to shame you. We're going to bless you, amen? Look at all the hands around here the drummer, the bass player. Rebecca's doing it on your behalf. Amen. Ron. Look at all the people around this room. My friends from Zandries. Amen. God bless you guys. Hallelujah. Look at all these hands. Lift them up just one second. Father in Jesus' mighty name, I thank you for everybody that has a business in this house. I pray the blessing of God on their business. Stronger and stronger and stronger. Increase to increase. Faith to faith. Victory to victory. Anointing to anointing. Now Proverbs 3 says, When you tithe and give to God, you have favor with God and favor with man. I pray for supernatural favor upon your lives and upon your business. In Jesus' name. And for those of you who don't have business, I pray the Lord blesses you in your workplace. Amen. Gives you favor in your workplace. Supernatural favor. I said supernatural favor. And for those of you who don't have a job, get a job. Amen. (laughs) Quit holding out for a management position. Get a job. God called you to work. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Just about done. I'm just waiting on the Lord a second. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Can I pray for you? Okay, I pray for you. Oh, my Lord, I didn't know that was you. Great to see you. I just saw the anointing from from up the front there and I could tell faith's getting in your spirit and now as I get closer to you I realize who you are. Amen. Amen. You got a little more handsome than the last time I saw you. Amen. Let me pray for you. Father in Jesus mighty name I thank you for my dear friend here. Lord I pray strength into his body. Now I haven't seen you in a while but the Lord shows me that infirmity has tried to slow you down if I could say it like that. Isn't that right? So, Father, in Jesus' mighty name, I pray you strengthen my friend's body stronger and stronger, better and better in Jesus' mighty name. Gifts of healing and working of miracles. In Jesus' name. And I pray for a blessing on your family, too. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. My friend Glenn, some of you know him, he's got a beard like Duck Dynasty comes here. And I was speaking to him before service on the phone. He's in the hospital. So I told him we'd pray together. I pray with him on the phone. Amen. Yeah. But that we'd come together. Because this this is part of his body. Amen. This is where he worships. And I love him. He helped me build this place. And gave me all kinds of side work when we were doing it. Amen. To help funding the work of the gospel. So lift your hands for a second if you would. And I put angels on assignment to go touch Glenn in the CMC hospital. I curse every bit of jaundice out of his body. I pray as the doctors continue to run tests that cancer will not prevail. The spirit of God will prevail. He told me on the phone today, they're trying their best, but we know who the real healer is. I said, that's right, Brother Glenn. So, Father, I pray you touch him even now. I thank you for it. And I'm going to go down and visit him, and I believe even tonight, he'll be better and better by tomorrow morning. Thank you for it, Lord, in Jesus' mighty name. Now, Father, I pray you bless your people and keep your people. Cause your face to shine upon them. You're rising up, you're lying down, you're coming in, you're going forth. Each and every day, they live to see the gift of another sunrise. May they know they're blessed and highly favored by you. You know why I had you do that tonight, don't you? It's getting stronger on the inside of you. Stronger and stronger. Same reason I brought you traveling with me, things of that nature. Gift of God, getting stronger and stronger. Lift your hands, I'm going to lay my hands on you. Hallelujah. In fact, come over here into the shadows, which they're probably not happy on the camera, but come to church and get a better view. Now, Father, in Jesus' mighty name, I thank you for this young man. As I lay my hands upon him, I set him apart for the work of the ministry. The anointing gets stronger and stronger in his life. That's the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Father, I pray you put a measure in his spirit of what you put on my life. Bless him, Lord. Strengthen him. May the gift of God continue to grow on him. And as I lay my hands on you, we're going to fan the flame of the gift of God that's already on the inside of you. In Jesus' mighty name, be filled. More, more, and more. Do it, Lord. In Jesus' mighty name. I pray the Lord blesses each and every person in this house. Hallelujah. Great to see you, Brother Craig. Lift your hands where you're at. Business has been good. You're another one. I've watched you, and your business just gone. It's going to get better and better. In fact, you've even felt like, holy cow, we've gotten so busy, how am I going to keep up with it? Yeah. Don't worry. It's going to get better and better in Jesus' mighty name. I told you, we were over the other building. I don't know who does what, but you honor the Lord with your giving. And I told you the Lord was going to bless you in your business. Now, I've seen it increase, obviously. Other people know you have too. It's going to continue getting better and better and stronger and stronger. It'll be a testimony to the benefits of serving God. And i tell you this, don't get distracted because there's other people around, maybe even people you're related to or whatever.